welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Say Master is here and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Serial Sensei. We are on episode number 163. As always, you can give this podcast a listen on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, iHeartRadio, as well as various other streaming platforms. Give us a look on social media at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page, as well as the Instagram page. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. And you can hit me up on Twitter and Twitch at Serial Sensei. And you can also follow my co-host on Twitter at GC Zeus. Speaking of my co-host, as always, I'm joined with the Anti-Cool. What's going on, man? <sighs> Just tired. I've been tired since Christmas. Also, happy belated Christmas, Sensei. There we go. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Happy belated Christmas. To Anti Cool, Joey, Stokes, all the listeners, wherever you guys may be. Uh hope you had a, a good holiday. I hope it was miracle. I hope oh oh also happy uh what is today? Today is the so like happy fourth day of Kwanzaa. There you go. And last day of Hanukkah, if you're one of our Jewish listeners. There you go. Holidays all around. And New Year's everybody's been covered. No one can complain. Right. <laughs> yeah, somebody will. <laughs> somebody will. Hold on, though. Um, were you one of the lucky people? Like, were you off, like, the week of Christmas, or did you have to come back, like, the next day? I worked every day we were open this week. Mm, okay, all right. And I closed the day after Christmas, so. Right. But the thing is, I also drove back from Delaware and didn't get home until, like, 2, 2.30 mm. in the morning. So, like, it's not like, oh, I got to wake up late. It's like, oh, no, I got a few hours of sleep, and then I had to go to work. Yikes. <laughs> nah, I mean, yeah, I, I get it. I I was off for Christmas, and I was looking at everybody else. It was like, oh, I'm off till the 1st. Oh, I'm off till the 30th. So all I'm off. I'm like, bro, I got to go right back to work <laughs> the next day. Like, it's not really a break. I mean, it kind of is, but eh, is it really? But it, it is what it is. We should, the, the entire freaking country should just close down. Like, yeah, like, aside from essential personnel, I don't think most of us are really, not really needed that week. Like, you can go a couple of days and not have to, like, go to Walmart or, well, that's kind of ironic I said that, because the day I woke up on Christmas, I realized I didn't have any pancake mix. And I really wanted some pancakes. And I could not go to any Walmart or any grocery store because everything was closed. So I went to 7-Eleven, which buying like any kind of random foods or goods at 7-Eleven is like a sham. Because the price is just marked up so much. And they literally only sell like the mini boxes of a pancake mix. I was really hurt. But I bought it because I really wanted pancakes. So, But... Yeah, my holiday was cool. Holiday was cool. 
no snow yet. No, no, uh, just been cold, a little rainy. But we're here, we're here. Um, holidays might be uh, on, and I know some of you you guys are off of work, but we'll still be here delivering episodes every week. Uh, so speaking of the listeners, real quick before I get too far ahead of myself, shout-outs to you guys, wherever you're at in the world, Twitter folks, Tumblr folks, top cities for the week. Oh, hold up. I was about to lie. I hit top countries, top cities. Uh, oh, probably going to butcher this, but number one for the week, Bernalillo, uh, New Mexico. Number two, Bronx, New York. Number three, Rotterdam, Netherlands, number four, Lakemba, Australia, and number five, Amsterdam. And tied at number five was Mountain View, California also. So shout out to you guys. Appreciate you for uh, for tuning in. I'm going to assume that all of the Netherlands listeners tuned in because we talked about glory. <laughs> I'm just going to assume that's where you guys and migrated they did. from. That was the second biggest sporting event in the history of Netherlands te- uh, television wise, so it didn't surprise me. Yeah, and they're probably like, who, are, who are these cl- the, these dumb fucks talking about Rico Verhoeven? <laughs> right, <laughs> but hey, man, if you came over from the Netherlands, I hope you stick around. Yeah, it was wild seeing like the reception of that card. Like it really was a a really big deal. I was actually really happy. I was happy for Glory that like I don't know if they'll be able to sustain that. Like that might have just been because it was. Rico Verhoeven and Badahari, but that, that was a good look. I'm, I'm glad that they got, at least for that moment, a, a nice bit of publicity. Um, yeah, um, hold up. I'm trying to remember who else was on that card. Uh, Glory 2. Yeah, I mean, they had some other Dutch dudes on there. Pereira's not Dutch, but... The only other names I remember was Pereira and uh, I think Adam Chuck. On the card, I can't remember who else was on there. Yeah, there were, uh, Master Glinder was on there, but he lost. Uh, Zakaria uh, Zugari was on there. Uh, oh, J- uh, Jafar Wil- uh, Wilness was on there, but he lost. Mm. Um, you know, so like, my whole thing is like, if you're gonna have like a big, huge event in the Netherlands, like you know, throw a number two on there. You feel me? Yeah. Just so like, oh. Uh, even if Rico doesn't win, they could go home feeling good and maybe have somebody to cheer for in the future. I mean, but that's not always easy. They, so. got, they got lucky because Rico almost didn't win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it was it was wild. I, um, Glory popped up on my Facebook newsfeed, and I just happened to browse the comments because they uh they posted a uh, a picture of Rico, and it was something like you know steal the king blah blah blah. And the boy, people were not happy in those comments. Like, oh, he didn't win. He was going to lose. And It was fun seeing, like, people argue about kickboxing the way I see people on Twitter, like, argue about MMA. Like, I forget that in other areas of the world, like, they actually care about kickboxing. Unlike in America, where, you know, it's like it's just us. <laughs> it's us and, like, five other people. But, uh, no, nah, man, shout out to Glory. I'm glad, I'm glad they got that, uh, Got that look. That, that was cool. Um, as far as the show rundown today, it's going to be pretty light, man. This is going to be a nice, light, <laughs> and pretty easy-going episode. Um, we didn't really have a ton going on this weekend, and just kind of the way all of the fights played out. 
it's not going to really be a whole lot to dive into, but uh, we'll be talking about uh, the Javante Davis and Gamboa fight. Uh, spend a little bit of time on that. Uh, of course, we'll do some fight announcements and news, which we'll start off with. And then we'll finish off, of course, with uh, Bellator Japan or Bellator 237, uh, Fedor versus Rampage. But yeah, it's probably a pretty light episode. We probably are going to get you guys in and out of here pretty quick. Um, but before we get to uh, all of that, get, before we get to the news and fights, uh, start with the What's On Your Mind segment. Either of us have anything, so I'll toss it to you, the Antaku. Do you have anything uh, on your mind this week? Um, not really, no. Uh, ain't nothing I want to talk about, like in depth. Yeah, I just feel like it's yeah. I feel like it's been a light week. Like I don't really have, <laughs> I don't really uh, have anything either. Like it's been my least productive week. Probably ever. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, like, the most interesting thing I did this week was tell a bunch of story, like, really, like, scary, disturbing stories to, like, my coworker about, like, stuff that I read on Reddit. Like, just, like, horror stories and whatever. And it's, like, that's stuff, like, that's supposed to be real, but you never know and, like, whatever. Um... Is there a reaction that was interesting? Oh. Uh, my coworker. Oh. Um, I don't know. There was, like, one story where, like, this woman, like, she let her dog out at night, and, uh, yeah, the dog apparently came back really quickly. Like, it normally takes its time, but, like, it came back really quickly. He was scratching at the door, and she didn't know why, but that, like, he never does it, but that night she decided to check to the people, and it was just a dude pretending to be a dog trying to break in her house. What? <laughs> uh, the story of the woman who had just moved into an apartment, um, and she had gone down to get the mail, and to do that you have to open the front door, which is locked. So, like in theory, you no, know, like the it, 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 like automatically locked. So, like in theory, the only people who can get in are people with the key or whatever. So when she did that, um, you know, she goes back up into her room. Whatever she's on the phone with her boyfriend, she drops the phone, like next to her bed, and looks down to reach and get it, and looks under her bed, and there's a guy there, who's facing away from her at you know hide or whatever. And her first instinct is to tell, like she's on the phone with her boyfriend, she tells the boyfriend like, "Oh, I'm gonna go hop in the shower real quick," and so she runs into the the, the shower, locks the door, hops out the window, and calls the police. And the police come and they arrest the guy. And the guy's like standing outside of the bathroom door when they come in with a knife, waiting for her to get out of the shower. Jesus Christ! Yeah. We got hold on, but the the guy who came to my house dressed in the dog suit, we got to fight. Like, yeah, it was a dog suit. He was just like he was like pretending. He was scratching at the door, pretending to be a dog. Oh, I thought he went okay. Oh uh, no no no! I thought no. <laughs> he went like full blown like. I'm in the dog outfit. You don't you don't notice me. Like those are stories I can believe, but there's like there are, were a couple that I was like, hmm, if this is true, this is absolutely terrifying, and it's like plausible, but like uh, there, there's something about it that just like not that it doesn't have it's just like it's too out there, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, you you never know what uh these internet folks. Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, you know, it makes for entertaining, thought-provoking, whatever. If you're a writer out there, you know, take some of these stories for inspiration. Shoot. Or you know, just straight up steal them. <laughs> Browse a few Twitter threads. I'm pretty sure a lot of those stories are fake. Oh, absolutely. Like the, <laughs> there's something about these Twitter threads that I see. I'm like, oh no, this definitely did not. Like, if you didn't have a video to accompany this, nah, like 90% of you guys are lying. Or you're either lying or you're just grossly over-exaggerating. Uh, it's better than the Twitter threads that are literally just Wikipedia articles, but, like, it's like they're pretending it's some, like, hidden knowledge. All right. Like, I, I, like, I straight up hate all the history threads where they're like, oh, why don't historians talk about this? And it's just like you got all that information because a historian dedicated their life to studying, you know, this area in particular of history. Fucking idiot. That stuff really gets at me. As a former historian. Twitter, Twitter, former. Twitter, Twitter in a nutshell. I mean, the internet in a nutshell, really. True. That is true. But I feel like it's it's worse with Twitter because they accelerate the process and the way they type, they they type with such conviction. Right. And it's like, nah, nah, bro, you're you're not really... You know, um, I I was having this conversation with my coworker too about like Twitter and how we, it was developed wrong. Like, we, we made this thing where like, you you tweet something into existence and it's there forever if you don't delete it or even then because uh, it can get archived if you're important enough or whatever. And what we really should have done is had an app where no one can get on your feed and you just tweet something out into the existence and it's there for like five minutes and it disappears forever. And that would solve so much of the world's problems. Huh? People, you don't go on Twitter to interact with people. You go to scream into the void. <laughs> the problem is the void is like just a bunch of people. Yeah, I'll say you, you scream into this void and they're they're screaming back now. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's oh. where we fucked up. I don't know. This social media thing is is weird, but we're in it, so <laughs> can only make fun of it, but so much because we're. Uh, I mean, we're in the void yeah. too. We're 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 part of the void. Um, yeah, I don't really have a whole lot to say what's on my mind other than uh, I can say I've officially started a vinyl collection. Hey, um, I've I've been trying not to do that actually. Like, <laughs> I've been trying not to collect vinyl because I already have hoarding problems. Um, uh. but my excuse to start was that. I received a vinyl in error. I'm I'm pretty sure I did because I don't remember ordering this. And when I got it in the mail, um, I, I got a notification from a site that I I do order like CDs and stuff from, and they were like, "Yeah, your vinyl's on the way." And I was like, "I don't remember ordering this, but if you're sending it to me, I'm probably you know I'm not gonna say no." So, did they charge you for it? I went and looked back through my bank statement, and I I couldn't find it. <laughs> Like I ordered, I ordered an album, I ordered an album from that artist, but it wasn't that album. And the album that I ordered, I had already gotten in yeah. the mail. And then I got another notification like a week later, like, "Hey, 
Ivano's coming. So I was like, all right, whatever. Cool. <laughs> if it's coming, I'll take it. And when I got it, it was an album I'd never heard of before. But I just I was holding it, just looking at the artwork. And I was like, oh, my God, I want 90,000 more of these. Like, I just, I want, I want more of these. So I ordered another one yesterday. So when that gets here, I can officially say I have two vinyl. Two is like a collection. That's the start of a collection. So I'm about to become a monster. I'm about to become a, a crate digger. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I got on my mind. Nothing, nothing else. It's been a pretty, uh, it's been a pretty light week for me. Not, not too much going on. So, I guess with that, uh, that being said, we can uh, get this episode started with some news and some notes for the week. And much like this episode, <laughs> it's been a pretty light week. Um, but I do have some pretty, I think these are some pretty solid and interesting fight announcements. Um, I wrote a few more than I normally would normal uh, just because I don't really have much for news. So I spent a little extra time maybe talking about a few of these if we have any interest in doing so. Uh, but... Starting from the top, uh, I don't believe this fight is official yet, but it looks like we're heading in this direction, uh, being targeted as the headline for UFC London. Uh, we will have Tyron Woodley versus Leon Edwards at UFC 249. Uh, Jacare Souza will be returning to middleweight uh, to face Uriah Hall at UFC Brasilia. We will have Zaleski Dos Santos versus Alexei Kunchenko. At UFC Auckland, we will have Kai Carver France versus Tyson Nam. Uh, UFC Columbus, uh, we have a there was a trio of fights. I only wrote two of them down though. Uh, Greg Hardy versus Jorgen DeCastro and Khalil Roundtree versus Sam Alvey, which apparently is a retirement fight for Khalil Roundtree. And Sean O'Malley is back, name we haven't seen in a while. Uh, his fight has been, I think, rescheduled for UFC 247. Uh, O'Malley will be facing off against Jose Alberto Quiones. Um, so that's what I got for fight announcements. I guess to maybe just talk about a few of these. Um, if, if Leon Edwards and Woodley uh, happens, and it, it seems like we're headed in that direction, uh, how, how do you see that fight? Uh, how do you see that fight turning out? Um, yeah, <clears throat> like, this is... The test, because um, uh, my my whole thing with Leon Edwards is over the his like eight or nine win streak run, he's become like very well rounded, uh, especially adding the wrestling to his game. But I've always been curious, how does that factor in when he faces somebody who can actually stop him? In the top three fighters in the division are all former, you know, standout amateur wrestlers who are damn near impossible to take down. Um, so I, I'm curious how that, like, cause that, that's a huge part of his game plan. Like, it, like um, when he gets <clears throat> overwhelmed or when he gets into a position where, you know, he thinks like, he can be hit, he likes to go for takedowns. Um, I don't know how that works against Tyron Woodley. Um, but at the same time, there's all there's every bit the chance that he just uh, not picks apart Woodley, but just outworks him for five rounds because Woodley basically nothing in that um, that Usman fight, and outside of the Till fight, he has been content to just you know 
pot shot, get the um, lens like 10 or so strikes around and, you know, call it a day. So, um, yeah, uh, if Woodley decides to come forward like he did in the Robbie Lawler fight, I could see him putting Edwards out, but I don't trust him to do that. So I'm going to lean Leon Edwards by decision, um, you know, not to mention his fights in London. So, yeah, I'm going to go Edwards by decision. Yeah, I, I feel like this fight can go uh, go both ways. Um, always still have to be wary of Woodley's power. Like, it can just, it can happen, like, in an instance. Like, you could be doing well, and then next minute he blasts in with, like, a power right, and your lights are gone. Um, I kind of like you, I, I feel like, I don't know, like, Woodley's kind of up and down sometimes, um, and I, I could see Leon Edwards, if he can just keep pressing forward, be, be, be pretty solid defensively, I don't, I don't know if he knocks Woodley out, but kind of like you said, just out, gives him a five round, just kind of outworks him. Maybe Woodley has a couple moments where he catches him or clips him with a hard shot once, and Leon is forced to, like, survive maybe like a short, you know, storm in the water, so to speak maybe have to reset, but I I think Edwards might just be able to just kind of outpace him, but you never know, though, like, coming off of the Usman fight, as bad as Woodley got dominated, you would hope that he really went back to the drawing board and had to, you know, really just patch up everything, because you, you don't want to, you don't want a repeat of that, you don't want that to happen again, um, so, I don't know, it's, it's an interesting fight. It, it depends on how Woodley plans to really rebound from this. But as of now, it, this could change, maybe getting closer to the fight. But, yeah, as of now, I think I'm going to I'm gonna roll with, uh, yeah, I'm going to say Edwards probably wins the decision. Um, which of these other fights do I want to talk about? Um, I thought the Hall and Souza fight was interesting. I don't know if I really want to dissect it, though. Uh, like, it's a fight that, in theory, Jacare should win. But, like, at the same time, like, he's slow, plotting, not as explosive, like, not as durable as he used to be. Well, he's still pretty durable, but, like, uh, Uriah Hall, that fights behind the jab, and you know who still has every like all the quick twitch, explosive uh, knockout power and moves and everything like that. That's a dangerous fight for him. Yeah, so, something tells me this fight won't go past like the second round. Yeah, and, like either way, like this is either going to get Hall down and take his back and choke him out, or Hall's probably going to hit him with like a spinning back kick and knock right. him out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I don't envision this. This this fight isn't going the distance. Somebody's getting put out within three rounds. And it's sad, because I don't want to really want to see either of these guys get bodied, but yeah, wh- whoever wins, it's going to be it's gonna be a finish. But just your raw hall fights, man, you, you never, you never know. You never know, man. You never know. But I'll, I'll keep an eye on that fight. I'm not going to really throw a prediction other than it doesn't go past the second round. Um... We don't have to dissect this. I don't know. You probably won't even have anything to say, and I'll I'll make this quick on the uh, Greg Hardy versus Jorgen DeCastro. 
Um, Gross. If the Castro wins this, like this has to be over, right? Like this has to be the end of the Hardy experiment, or no, whatever, whatever you want to call it. No. No. Cause like this. They just turned him into like I'm not gonna say like a freak show. Well, I mean, he's already a freak show fighter, kinda. But they just put him. I don't know. Maybe they just put him in Texas twice a year. But like, is he even really moving the needle? Like, and that's like that's the thing. Like, ninety nine percent of like Greg Hardy, like whenever Greg Hardy does go like, um, I don't know, viral or whatever, are people just bashing on him? It's not. It's not even like that Floyd Mayweather like type of hate where like people like pay it. Like it's like MMA fans. Like, why is this man on my screen? It, he like. He's not good, or you know, or or he's a woman beater, or like it's all that. You know what I mean? Right. So I don't get what the the, the appeal is here. Because it, at least, <laughs> and that's the other thing. He's boring as shit. If you actually ever like sit down and like listen to him talk, like he's not an electrifying person. And if you're gonna be like a freak show fighter. There has to be like some. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I, I don't get any. Most freak show fights, regardless of even like if the skill level was bad, there's some level of like excitement or like an extra umph. Like, there's like there's something. Like, I don't really get that with Hardy. Like, because you know if the fight turns remotely competitive, that. Okay, well, we've seen the best of him, and now that's kind of it. Like, the fights aren't funny. That I'm not really getting anything from these. Like, I can watch a Bellator freak fight, and as much as I might complain about it, it, it the fight's probably hilarious. I'm getting something out of it. N- not anything great, but I yeah. got something to hold on to. It, it's, it's a bit of a spectacle. With Hardy, it's just kind of like, why are you here? Like, <laughs> like why... Why well, did they let you that is that the UFC keeps giving him guys who he's supposed to beat. Like, outside of Volkov, like, like if this was Japan, he'd be fighting, like, Bor- like Boruto or something. You feel me? Like, this yeah. is... And don't get me wrong, uh, Tanner Bozer is on that scale. But Tanner Bozer is also, like, an okay, like, lower-level heavyweight, so... It doesn't turn into like the the freak show atmosphere. It's just like, oh, the one guy is just a better athlete. All right. Actually, you know what? Looking at Hardy's record, the freak show probably won't be over because no. yeah, he he still has two wins, and they'll just ride on that coattail, even though that no <laughs> that no contest fight was such a yikes yikes. That's Tanner Bowser. I don't know, man. The, the Greg, the, the Greg Hardy thing is uh—it's so dull. And it's like even if if you're even on the side of like defending him, I don't even understand what you're getting out of this because even not, these fights aren't even like they're not even good. Like they're not even—I don't know, man. I don't know. But go to Castro. Go to, go to Castro. Leg kick 
TKO win for DeCastro. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Get, get him out of there. Um, and I guess we, we talked about this a little off air. Uh, Khalil Roundtree potentially retiring uh, against Sam Alvey after the fight. Um, my theory is that uh, Roundtree is retiring from MMA. I think he's just going to go over to kickboxing or Muay Thai. And, uh, you know, maybe. I think, we'll... gonna, I think he's just going to go up in Thailand and train and not do anything else. Like, train, like, meditate, because he seems like one of those type of guys. Hey, man. <laughs> and, and go swimming at the beach. That right. That's that's my prediction for what he does with his life. And then he'll take the occasional fight to finance that lifestyle. See, and that's why I feel like he kind of needs to go to glory, because he, you know, he's got this whole. What, what's his nickname? Super Champ? What's that, uh. I forgot what his nickname was, but he like adopted this like Muay Thai. I ain't gonna say adopted his persona because it's it, it's legit. It seems to be his life now. Yeah, he doesn't train any other martial art. So it's like, bro, just just go just go over to glory, man. Like they could use you. Alex Pereira needs somebody to fight. I mean, um, or, no. what's what's his name? Justin Jacoby. He he had success. Right, <laughs> right him. Uh, uh, oh boy, uh, Kamozi. Kamozi's yeah. still over there winning fights. Like, <laughs> yeah, like Roundtree, man. Just go to, just go to glory, man. Just go to glory. You can take, take your Muay Thai over there. You'll probably take a couple heads off. If you win one or two fights, you'll probably end up in a title fight. You know, just, just go to glory fight like one, two times a year. They'll, 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 they'll off topic, but is Artem Levin still fighting? Cause he doesn't. I know he doesn't fight for glory anymore. I don't. I have not heard his name in a. Let's do it. Let's do a quick. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking. He he's fought. Twi- he fought in September. Hmm. Then he fought for ACB kickboxing last year. So ACB is now ACA. I don't know if they do kickboxing anymore. And for guys who don't know, uh, Artem Levin was a former uh, glory uh, middleweight champion. Who left under? I, I don't even know how to describe the circumstances surrounding uh, his fight with his last fight with Simon Marcus. It, it was just a clusterfuck. Yeah, I, like all of their fights were kind of like yeah, yeah, ugly. Yeah, they had shenanigans in all of their fights. And to Artem Levin's credit, uh, he has a win over uh, Alex Pereira. Back in 2014, but you know, win is a win. Well, he yeah, you're right. He's still fighting, still winning. He's on a four four fight one streak. Oh, he hasn't lost since the Simon Marcus fight. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, well I don't know what he's doing. Like, I'm after the Marcus shenanigans. We probably won't see him back in glory. He's yeah. He's I think he pretty explicitly said he's not going back to glory. Yeah. I mean, and to be honest, <laughs> probably can't blame the man. Probably, probably can't blame him. But, um, no, nah, yeah, clear round tree. Just go to glory, man. Just go, go throw some hands in glory. They'll, they'll appreciate you over there. Um, I think that's pretty much all I got for really, like, breakdowns. Like, I'm, I'm happy for the Kai Car France Tyson Nam fight. One, glad to see Nam get another chance. I don't know if he'll win that, but <laughs> glad to just see him get another chance. And Sean O'Malley finally, uh, returning. Um, so that, that'll be interesting. But, uh,. Yeah, that's pretty much all I got for fight announcements. Um, and for news for the week, 
I only really have one story. Uh, Mr. Patrick Cummins, uh, former, well, I guess you can now say former uh, UFC uh, light heavyweight uh, fighter, he decided that he is going to retire. Um, just, you know, just wanted to give him a quick shout out. Like, it, he had a really weird, not weird, but like interesting UFC career, how his very first fight, he was a super late replacement against Daniel Cormier. Um, of course, of course, lost that fight. Um, but like managed to still stay around after that fight for what? I didn't say a decade, but yeah, I thought it was in like what twenty thirteen. It was twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen, so it's been like five, six years. Yeah, he made a he made a good uh. Dude was a top ten heavy uh, late heavyweight for a hot second. Um. You know, he was homeless at the time. So, I don't know how much that, you know, balances out in the scale. But he's had a solid career. Yeah, him and, uh, him and his mustache. <laughs> he did some work, yeah. man. He did Durkin. some work. Uh, let's see. Yeah, had wins over Kyle Kingsbury. I ain't reading all of them, but Kyle Kingsbury, Antonio Carlos Jr., uh, Jan Blachowicz, Jan Vellante, fortunately he ended his career on a three-fight skid. But, uh, no, nah, shout-out to Patrick Cummins. Even though I still don't believe in MMA retirement. Uh, so, I'll say uh, happy he trails for now. Retire. How do you say? He should retire. Like his, his durability is shot. I think we end up seeing him versus uh, Jiri. <laughs> Ends up in, in rising somewhere. I don't know. We'll, 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 we'll see. Wait, who? Patrick? Uh, Cummins. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, you don't think the uh, Japanese I mean, crowd would, would dig the mustache? Probably. Yeah, I, I could see if Cummins is out his contract, I could see him like getting fights as like, you know, um, when somebody needs a former UFC fighter to make their guy look good. Right, bring him in and see, him, uh, see if they can get past him. Yeah. And they probably will because I don't think Cummins can take a punch like he used to. Yeah, but if he can wrestle him. He might, well, yeah. Not, yeah. <laughs> well, good luck, Patrick Cummins. I'll, I'll just say that. And if we see you again, we'll see you around. But if not, uh, best of luck in the... Uh, Post-fight life, man. Hope hope it treats you well. Um, you got it. Got any news stories? No, really, no. I was looking through like everything to see. Just a couple fight announcements. Uh, did we talk about Sean O'Malley? Or we uh, done announcements yet? Yeah, yeah I, I mentioned it, but uh, I mean, if you want to dig into it further. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, I don't, I don't have anything. That's weird. Yeah, I said, like, it's been a really just, like, I feel like it's just because it's the holidays, like, yeah, everything is just... Yeah, it's trying to post nothing. Yeah, it's, everything's just kind of winding down. Everybody's on chill mode. Um, so, I mean, yeah, we don't got to stick there if there's nothing. So, let's get to some fights. The uh, little bit of fights that did happen this weekend, or at least the ones that we paid attention to. Um, moving right along... 
we will start off with uh, some boxing. So we had, let me bring this up, bring this up, bring this up. So I can have my facts straight. Oh. All right. So, oh, this was a title fight, correct? Yeah. Uh, they, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, there like, was some last-minute shenanigans because Davis initially came in. Uh, we're talking about Javante Davis versus Yuriokis uh, Gamboa. Just heads up. Uh, man, Davis came in like on the half overweight initially. Um, so there was some hay made about the WBA allowing Davis to come in that way and then giving him two hours to uh, to make the weight. Um, that rule, and people were saying they broke the rule for Davis or blah, blah, blah. That rule has been in effect since, like, 2015, if I remember correctly. Like, you're allowed to come in, like you're allowed a second way in as long as it's only two hours after your first one. So, they didn't break any rules. Though it was alarming to see Davis come in overweight for a weight class that he where he's moving up to 135, you know? Yeah, that's like the gas plum effect. <laughs> yeah. not, not a good look. Yeah, um... Yeah, what are your thoughts on the fight, Sensei? Um, I was entertained. I I like the I like the finish. I think I left with I don't say more questions than answers, but like it was it was a, a a solid win. And this is me coming from somebody who you know I'm not super uh, knowledgeable on boxing, so I wasn't sure of Gamboa's history. Um. But when I found out that he was 38 and apparently had a, a torn Achilles <laughs> in this fight, or well, whatever round that happened, I was like, oh, man, Davis couldn't couldn't put him away. And then I'm looking at Davis probably between, I mean, because he got, he got a knockdown early, I think in like round two. Um, and I was like, all right, typical, typical Davis. Power shots early. He hits you with the left. His, his left hand is... You know, he's, he's got some dynamite over there. So I'm like, all right, typical Davis fight. Um, keep in mind, in, while I'm watching this in real time, oh, well, actually, the, the, the night this came on, I was actually uh, watching, I was, like, switching between football and the Bellator card. So oh, I didn't catch it in the first time until, like, round seven. But when I rewatched the full thing this morning, I'm like, all right, knock down early, typical Davis. Might get him out of there. But it was like the longer the fight went on, and I'm just kind of looking at Davis, and I'm just, I just had this feeling like, I don't know if I'm not giving Gamboa enough credit, or if I'm being too hard on Davis, because I'm like, I just feel like this fight should have been over already. And it just, there was a stretch between, I don't know, probably like round six or seven, where Gamboa was, I wouldn't say he was winning, but it felt like he was like clawing his way slowly back in the fight. And I'm like, you got this 38-year-old that you had on the ropes in, like, round two and three, and in round seven and eight, like, he's starting to gain steam. Like, if anything, Gamboa should be the one getting tired and looking pretty gassed, because I, I can't remember the exact stats, but they were reading them as the fight went on. But, like, there were rounds in the second half of the fight where, like, Davis only threw, like, 12, 15 punches or something. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm glad he got the win. 
it was a good win. Um, his 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 <laughs> he's got that kind of power that I think can just always kind of keep him in a fight. Like it's his. So if he hits you with a power shot from the left, man, you you gotta you gotta protect your neck because he might just take it off. But I, I just I felt like it was a this performance was a little cause for concern because I'm pretty sure the next person you fight won't be 38 years old. And I'm pretty sure this is the first time Javante went, uh, how many rock games went to round 10, 11? I can't remember how, how many it was, rounds it went. Uh, it was round, because I saw it reported two different ways, and it was really weird that no one could agree on the round, but it was actually round 12. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, and I know this is the first time he's went the distance. Um, or had to at least go 12 rounds. I'm, I don't think he's ever... He's never been further than the ninth round, I believe. Yeah. Like, wrong about that. And it, it looked like it. Like, he just he looked really tired. His output wasn't, wasn't really there. And part of me was trying to attribute it to maybe, like, all right, because you, you can't just, you know, wing power punches for... I mean, or you can, but... <laughs> You know, if you're Deontay Wilder, but, you know, different story. But I was like, maybe he just came to box. Like, all right, I couldn't get the finish early. So I'm just kind of just box it out and, you know, put in work that way. But the more it didn't, the longer the fight went on, it's like, I don't think he's just boxing. He just looks kind of tired. Like, he just looks winded. And my first thoughts were like, bro, if you were fighting Lomachenko, or what's the other guy, uh, Lopez? Tiafimo Lopez, yeah. yeah. I'm like, bro, if they they drag you into the ninth and tenth, and you're looking like this. I don't know, man. Like, I was I was concerned, and I I don't want to dog on him too much because he still got the win. But I just I don't know. I feel like I left with more concern than I should have after this fight was over. Yeah. Um... Like you said, Gamboa hurt himself in that second round or got hurt on the knockdown. Um, They thought it was originally like a shoe issue, but it turns out he just tore his Achilles or partially tore his Achilles or something. Because if he tore his Achilles, there's nothing connecting his foot to the rest of his body. So he's not moving it, you know what I mean? Yeah. He definitely damaged it. Um. Like you said, it, uh, the the pace of this fight never got like too hectic. So to see Davis just kind of slow down after hurting this thirty eight year old man, um, who had been knocked down fifteen times previously in his career. Jeez. Yeah, no, Gamboa gets put down a lot, which is crazy because before this fight he had only lost twice. So it tells you how. Um, how chaotic his fights can be. Um, and it, it, it was a little odd. Um, not it, it was worrying, I should say. Um, and one of the things that like they were trying to say on commentary, but and shouts to Paul Malignaggi, who I think is probably the best fighter, boxer turned commentary dude. Um, you know, he might get in his feelings away from the desk. When it comes to you know McGregor and Artem Wobov or whatever, but like he's, I think he's a lot better than uh, than like Leonard, 
or uh, Lennox over there on the zone or uh, top rank or whatever. Um, it, it, like the uh, I can't remember who the other dude was on on commentary. I don't know if it was like Jim Gray or if it was a uh, Ronaldo. It was him, Morrow, and some uh, Ronaldo, and some one other guy. I couldn't remember. Yeah, who it was. Um, they 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 were trying to pitch the idea that you know Javante Davis's power doesn't carry up to one thirty five, which might which might you know that's a that's a that's a plausible argument. But Gamboa is a guy moving up from like one thirty. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He is not a big dude. He's not significant. He wasn't. I'm not even sure he was bigger than freaking Davis. Like you might have an inch or two on Davis, but Davis is fucking huge. The reason he's called Tank. Um. So like that that uh, and Malinaji shut that down. He's like, yeah, no, Gamboa is a super featherweight too. So like you know, it like and the it's not like the shots weren't hurting. Gamboa. That that wasn't the issue. The issue was for large parts of the fight, uh, Davis just was not throwing. He was marching forward behind the double guard, and like he had some like there were some moments of like some real like defensive savvy and like offensive ingenuity. Um, but this kind of reminded me of like when Broner was fighting down around these weights. And he was just like muscling dudes into knock and then knocking them out because he was just so much bigger and faster than they were. And, and like I said, like here we saw like you know the uh, the the knock the final knockdown um, came because uh, Davis hit a pivot. Um, Gambo was trying to rush in to grab on because he got hurt on a right hook, and then immediately uh, instead of allowing. Uh, Gamboa to grab, he planted his forearm onto uh, his uh, onto Gamboa's clavicle, pushed away, and then hit him with an uppercut. So like, yeah, you know, Davis is not an unskilled fighter who's just out there, you know, tanking damage and then uh, firing off. Like he, he's a genuinely skilled dude, um, but for this fight, it felt like he just took way too much time off and was just like looking for that one perfect shot as opposed to like you know a- actually boxing All right and that's not what you want uh especially from a guy who's moving up in weight uh and whose two opponents have shown like you know Teofimo lopez is a dude who hits hella freaking hard um you you don't want a guy who's just gonna walk forward and walk himself onto one of those punches um Vasily Lomachenko, arguably the best mover in the sport. Um, you know. Uh, so, it's concerning. Um, I, I don't know if they mentioned this on commentary, but during uh, in the week leading up to the fight, they were talking about this is going to be Davis's last fight on TV, and every fight moving forward is probably going to be on pay-per-view. Um... Which means they're going to have to put him in there with somebody who's going to, you know, be a, a solid B side, and I don't know who top, uh, not top rank. I don't know who, you know, Floyd Mayweather has who's going to do that for him. But anybody who's good enough for him to be like in there with, a, like, he's going to need to put on a better performance in this. Yeah. 
like, and like, and like, we're hammering on Gamboa's age, but like, Gamboa's not a bad boxer. He's really good, and you know, the, the statistic he's been knocked down fifteen times in his career, like whatever, got thrown out there. But like, he's really good. He, he was really good. Like, this was Terence Crawford's best win for a long time, and still arguably might be. Um, when he was fighting down at 135, 140. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'd like to see him fight Devin Haney. That's a fight. That, uh, yeah, he, uh, he, uh, I think he popped off on Twitter a little bit after the, uh, after the fight was over. I saw a lot of people bring up his name. Yeah. I mean, there are, there's some talented dudes in this division. Um, you know, uh, I I don't I, I don't know how the politics of boxing you know work out in his favor of getting any of these fights made, but I I hope some of them get made. Um, like, I mean, because eventually at I, some point you you gotta fight one of them. Like, yeah, um, especially if it's gonna be a pay per view fight. Like, I want to see. I, Nobody wants to throw their money to see Javante Davis go out there and knock out like I don't know. Um, uh, I'm looking at the thing now, like Mickey Bay or something. They, they they want they want the big fights. Uh, I don't think much. Like, I don't have like I don't have a lot technically to say about that fight. It just felt like. It, it it feels really harsh on Davis because you know we expect so much from him, um, and he won almost every round of the fight. Like if it had gone to scorecards, like it would not be surprised if it was like a one nineteen one twenty score for Davis. All right. I think it's uh, because you, we we you see the talent there. Like you you yeah. feel like you know how good he can be. And it's like, I don't want to see you be one of those guys who had so much promise but didn't live up to it because for whatever reason, Ozzy didn't take this seriously enough. Or like, I just I don't want you to be, I don't want to look back a couple of years from now. I'm like, yeah, remember Tank Davis? Like, man, when he first started, he was, you know, blah, 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 and he was going to do this and that. And then, like, he didn't go on and do anything. Or, you know. <clears throat> I just I don't want to look back in that way. I don't want to have that conversation a couple of years from now. Right, and like he's still only twenty five, but he hasn't been doing this for a hot minute. Like, uh, like you know, six years into boxing, like it's not like he's out here taking a lot of damage, but uh, like. I, this fight felt really brownerish to me, and that's not good. Yeah, I think we just we just want better. We just want to see. You just want to see better. Uh, we feel like yeah. you could be like what you gave us wasn't the best that I think you could have offered. Yeah, it wasn't the best you could have offered. We we definitely could have got a better version of you. But I don't know. Like hopefully, you you, you want to hope that even though he won, like hopefully he's still able to go back and look at this fight. And be able to say like, all right, I, I won, but this could have looked a lot cleaner. This could have been a lot more efficient had I done X, Y, X, Y. And hopefully, between now and whenever his next fight is, he'll he'll tune those things up. Um, but I mean, a win is a win. 
Um, yeah, and like another thing that factors into like we're all just like, he missed weight initially moving up. He did make it in the end, but at the same time, it's like, come on. Yeah, you're <laughs> like you're moving up. Like we're doing you a favor. Up, wait, <laughs> like, he's a guy who's lost the belt on the scale before. Like he lost his title down at one thirty on the scale. So, like you worry about him. Like oh. Uh, is he really committed to this? You don't want to see that star, uh, that the star power like go to his head. Hope not. Don't 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 end up one of those guys. That's not a not a good road <laughs> to, to travel down. I mean, but at the end of the day, a win is a win. The man has a, a scary left hand. Uh, and he, he will release it from the chamber, and it, it, it does all kinds of damage, as we saw. So, even though in the end, man, still shout-out to Javante Davis, who uh, got the 12th round finish against Gamboa. And uh, also on the undercard, which uh, neither one of us uh, got a chance to watch. I've actually been watching it in the background no. ever since I started I've been in and out um, because, you know, focus yeah from uh, from everything i've heard this fight was really really good yeah balu jack uh gene pascal uh pascal would end up winning on the scorecards um controversially actually according to several people like it was a super close fight from what i can tell um balu jack man just never has luck on the scorecards like it, it, thing, uh, for whatever reason, things just never seem to fall his way. I'm starting to think it's like a Swedish thing, because we saw the, we've seen the same thing with Gus. <laughs> Matt, you know what? Know what? I don't even want to talk about Gus. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I was there for his fight um, live with James DeGale back in 2017, and he beat the crap out of DeGale. And ended up getting him like a draw. Mm-hmm. Then he gets a shot at the lineal light heavyweight champion at Don Stevenson. It goes to a draw, and like I, that's a fight I thought he won. And I, I don't remember the Marcus Brown fight to be honest with you, but yeah, it, it's it's it is what it is. Things just don't fall in his favor for whatever reason. Not a how how the cookie crumbles. But, uh, yeah, like I said, Pascal got the uh, split decision win over Jack. Uh, and then also uh, Lionel Thompson defeated Jose. Yikes, I'm going to butcher this. Yutskatgui. I definitely got that wrong. I tried. <laughs> Via unanimous decision. Um, so that was that, man. Uh, so, I mean, if you haven't, if you didn't get a chance to watch uh, Davis Gamboa, go give it a watch. It was, it was, it was still a, a, an entertaining fight, just... Just watch it. Just just watch it for yourself. I mean, if nothing, you still got to see like a lot of knockdowns and then a left hand finish. So you got to see a thirty eight year old man get knocked out on one leg. Yeah. <laughs> and if if you're not watching this sport for anything else, I mean, what else are you? You know, we know exactly. We, we know what we're here for. Speaking of old men and knockdowns, <laughs> knockouts. All right, now this is where we have. Um... Some disagreements. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. So, 
main event of the evening, if you can even call it that, uh, <laughs> Bellator Japan, a.k.a. Bellator 237, uh, headlined by Fedor Emelianenko versus Quentin Rampage Jackson. Obviously, I mean, I feel like any time you fight in Japan, it's like a big thing, especially when they're at the uh, Saitama Arena. It's, just, it's a big deal. It just it heightens the event. And, you know, it, it felt like in an event, man, they had the, the intros going crazy, especially for, well, I didn't I didn't pay attention to everybody else's intros, but for the Fedor and Rampage fight, um, you know, man, you had the, the intros going, man, Lenny Hart's out there, just, it was a good feeling, and I, <laughs> I realized during this fight, I was like, man, these intros, man, hearing Lenny Hart and hearing, like, the, the music and everything, I'm like, ah, oh, this, is, this is epic. Uh, it's probably the best I'm going to feel about this fight. Because the actual fight probably won't be as good as these entrances are. Um, but yeah, like the anti-cool said, we had uh, we, we, we disagree on this. Um, I posted on Twitter that this fight was going to make all of us sad. But looking back at it, I was not as sad as I expected to be. I was still sad nonetheless. But not as... I'm trying to think of a, a fight I can compare this to. I thought I was going to be Tito Chuckset at the end of this. I wasn't Tito Chuckset. Um, like this isn't as sad because I don't think, I don't believe Rampage had Chuck Liddell's like just completely insane self-belief in himself where he's like, I'm still a world-class fighter and if I was in here with John Jones, I would knock him out. I think Rampage knows where he's at, um, but that doesn't necessarily make it like a happy experience. It's just less sad. Um, but this was, this is sad for me. <laughs> this is this was sadder for me because Rampage obviously did not like train at all for this fight. No, like he he came in and he was like, I'm just gonna, you know. I'm just gonna try my best the night of and see what happens. <laughs> and if it doesn't work check. out, that's fine. Yeah, th this was a collected check performance from him. Uh, that might have been the first time in like MMA history where I looked at somebody's physique and it made me feel good about mine. He he, Rampage looked like he did the fusion dance with Roy Nelson. It was very uh. It was very disturbing. It looked weird. But, um... No, I mean, as far as the fight, it's not a whole lot to talk about. It was sad in the sense that... I think Rampage might have thrown, like, two punches. Um, you know Fedor is feeling himself when he throws leg kicks. <laughs> like, Fedor was... Fedor was doing, like, the Jose Aldo combinations where I hit you with, like, the three-piece and I end with the leg kick. And it's like, yeah, he's never done that before. Or he hasn't done that in, like, a decade. Like, where did that come from? Yeah, this fight was just Fedor throwing hands, throwing combinations, Rampage turtling up. He might try to slip a punch every now and again, but he just ends up eating another combination. Then he gets hit with a leg kick. Uh, but he was trying to fight like Rampage of old. Like, he, he was trying to counter. He was trying to throw all those big, swoopy, uh, you know, 
big hooks, but like Fedor was never there for him to hit, and they were coming way too slow. Like you could see him load up and everything. Yeah, I was gonna say was he was trying to counter, but like was he really trying to counter? Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like it, you know what? And you know the reason I think the fight didn't make me sad is because Fedor, even for his age, he's like what forty two. Yeah. Chin, chin is, uh, you know, that chin ain't hanging up too good. But he's he's still not really that bad. Like, he moves pretty good. His hand, he still has really good hand speed. Obviously, the power's still there. I'm not saying he's about to go out and, you know, go go win any belts anytime soon. Well, obviously, he won't because we saw how the beta fight went. But, you know, 42 year old Fader looked as um, uh, <laughs> Fedor looked as good as I guess forty-two-year-old Fedor could, and I, I you know what, I, I think Rampage didn't make me sad is because I was like, one of these gentlemen is probably gonna look like trash in this fight, and it was Rampage. Um, this this made me sad. The just because like with all these other old dude fights, like it feels like they try, you know. Like, they're still trying. They're still aiming at something. They're still trying to grab at something. But, like, seeing Rampage just not care, and they come in and headline an event that looked like it did pretty well. Like, they were a bunch, like they did not look like they had a bunch of empty seats in this arena. I know there was some worry about during the uh, during the week. But to see them go out there and, like, main event card for it like that, and, like, uh, it's, just, it's just, like, Oh, you don't even have to try if you're like an old dude and you have like a name and some name value. You can just go out there and collect a check and go on with your life. Like, like when Tito go, like Tito goes out there, he fights like Chael Sonnen and Chuck Liddell and Alberto Del Rio. But like, there's no doubt in my mind Tito trained for those fights, even if it was just like I'm going to shoot takedowns and practice my rear naked choke for like. Uh, four hours a day or whatever. Like, it, it, to see someone just, like, not care, like, and I'm not mad at Rampage about it. I'm, it's just, like, the whole structure of MMA. It's just like, oh, we can't do better. This is what we got. Hey, man, but Bellator, I told you, man, they, they have this hard-on for heavyweights. <laughs> it's not even just Bellator, though, because they do this, they, the UFC's done the same thing, and the only reason, like, BJ Penn isn't fighting anymore is because there's video of him getting knocked out by a security guard, just some random fat dude in Hawaii. <laughs> like, that dude was headlining a card two years ago. Yeah, that's, that's, that's mildly disturbing. <laughs> oh, man, mildly disturbing. Like it's like I, I'm cool. I'm happy that like these old dudes get to make money and shit, but like this is also like part of the reason where we don't have any new stars. Yeah, because guys like <laughs> because the headline for every MMA website for this Bellator card isn't going to be oh Lorenzo Arkin put on like a nice performance or uh, Kana Watanabe, you know potentially fighting for the Bellator women's flyweight title. It's going to be uh, Fedor Emelianenko knocks out 
sixty pound overweight uh Rampage Jackson. Yeah, we're all supposed to be uh we're all, we're all supposed <laughs> to be hungry at it. Right. <laughs> and then I I guess he retired after the fight. No. No, no, no. So Fedor will be fighting two more times at least. Uh, he wants to fight one more time in the U.S. and one more time in Russia. And Coker came out and said he's uh, they're fighting one more fight for uh, for Fedor in 2020, and then they're going to go to Moscow in 2021. So Bellator is going to Russia in 2021, apparently. This wouldn't be a bad move. They have a few like really good Russian fighters on roster. Um, as many as they had in the Bjorn Rebney days, but, you know. Still a couple. Still a couple. Yeah. Uh, All right. What's so his that's, name? That's cool. So Bellator's going to march, uh, lead, lead Fedor down the aisle to his retirement. And retirement. Yeah. yeah. We know that's not real, but, you know. Well, I don't know. Yeah. At, by, by the time of 2021, he'll be like 44. So hopefully he actually, like, for real, for real. Right. <laughs> like three times already? Yeah, but retiring at like thirty nine and forty four, I feel like are different. I, I feel like at like forty four, you gotta really be like, okay, man, I gotta. He has like a real job. That's the thing that he has a government job. He's the head of like a whole department. Yeah, but they probably just do all the work for him. <laughs> Fedor's not answering no phone calls. <laughs> Fedor's not setting up no meetings. No, but he's, like, going to dinners and, like, meeting with other politicians and businessmen and, like, you figure he'd be happy. What the hell is that smell? Oh. It smells like garbage. Yikes. Yeah. Well, Fedor, uh, he got, he got Rampage out of here. Yeah. That was our heavyweight main event that none of us asked for. But, you know what, I'm, I'm happy for the people that were happy. I saw a lot of people who... They're still holding on to that nostalgia. I had to let it go. I had to learn to let it go. But some people are still holding on. If y'all are happy, I'm happy for you. Um, it is what it is. Heavyweight MMA. The standards don't get any higher. <laughs> Moving on. Co-main event. Um, oh, I forgot to mention the Fatal Face Planted uh, Rampage. I didn't First know. round, right hand. Yeah, boom. Right, right past the lead guard hand of a uh, rampage. Yeah, and rampage shook his head. No, he was he he knew it was done. Funny enough, the uh, co-main event kind <laughs> of went the same way. Uh, with keep keeping the theme of the right cross, uh, Michael Chandler versus Sydney Outlaw. Um, Sydney Outlaw being. The late replacement was supposed to be Chandler versus Benson Henderson too, but Bendo had to pull out. Uh, so props to Sydney for for taking this fight uh, on short notice all the way over in Japan. Um, but I I think the I think we kind of all knew how this fight was probably gonna go. Um, unless Chandler's fighting the top like two or three guys, I think we pretty much know how most of his fights are gonna go. He's probably gonna win. Um, I mean, just well, something crazy happens. Like he breaks his ankle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, or that, or that. Um, yeah, he's had some 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 wild wacky moments, but I mean, for the most part, man, Chandler gonna Chandler. Like good, uh, good putting pressure on Sydney Outlaw. I like the uh, the straight uh, 
body shots he was doing. It just kind of felt like it was a matter of time before Chandler was just going to catch him. Like, dude is just really explosive, fast, athletic, and, you know, Outlaw was, was holding his own, but getting pressured, getting his, his back pushed against the cage. And it was like, all right, at some point, this is probably going to be be over unless unless Sydney's got a trick up his sleeve or he can can figure something out because I, f- I feel like Chandler just can hang with most guys on the feet just his he's one of those guys that can get away with a lot because he's so athletic and explosive right and yeah it just and then he knocked out Sydney out with the same punch that Patricio Pitbull used to knock him out yep in the same location and everything yep <laughs> And the the follow up was so unnecessary. He ain't had to do that. Didn't he though? Didn't he? <laughs> he had to. <clears throat> the man was dead on, on impact. But you know, you fight until the rough, uh, until the rough tells you otherwise. But yeah, he uh, he he face painted uh poor Sydney, set the man down. Yeah. Ah, oh, God. Um, Bellator really doesn't have anybody for Michael Chandler to fight, which is wild to me because like. Lightweight is the most talent-rich division, and they seem to struggle to fill out the rest of that division beyond, like, Yamauchi and, uh, like, Awad and Patricky Pitbull, who are, like, the other guys who have been there forever. Um, so I'd like to see him fight one of these dudes coming out of the, uh, the Bell, uh, not the, the Bell, the Ryzen Lightweight Tournament. So, like, to 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 Fig Musayev, uh, Luis Gustavo or Johnny Case. I really like to see that because like he needs names, a competition. Yeah, like after this fight, I just couldn't help but think like, man, like I, I think it's on on one hand, I think it's really dope that Bellator kind of has a guy like him around. Like, assuming he stays and finishes his career in Bellator, or even if he doesn't. You you associate him with Bellator like he's literally like been like the face of that organization. Um, so I think it's dope that Bellator has like a staple guy that they can point at and say like like look like if you become a star over here we can treat you. Cause I feel like they treat him we'll, pretty well. Like we'll put you in all the Dave and Buster's commercials you want. Right. <laughs> I feel like they treat him pretty well. Like they it's it, from the outside looking in it seems like they have a good relationship but from a fan perspective it's like all right you've i've loved watching you in bellator you've had the belt what three times at this point basically yeah outside of i wouldn't mind seeing chandler versus yamayuchi i think that would be a really dope fight um has that already happened they didn't did they wait twice I thought he was one of the few guys they haven't fought yet. No, no, it was one, but they fought at Bellator 192 back in 2018. Ah, okay. Oh, well, all right, then. <laughs> well, there's nobody left then. Like, all right, if you want to do the Bendo rematch, cool. I, I'm not going to argue it because I'm biased and I love Bendo, so I'm, I'm down for that fight. But realistically, at this point, it's like I feel like Chandler, he's done everything that you can do in Bellator. Uh, unless the the only other fight is all right, you want to run the 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 pit bull rematch back because you know he got knocked out so quick, you could maybe run that back 
one more time. See if right. you can. He's uh, talked about going up to welterweight. Nah, I don't see it. Yeah, he's kind of short. Yeah, like he he's a little. <laughs> he's not really that big of a light. He's just a a short kind of stocky kind of dude. But yeah, he's he's really short. I don't think welterweight would treat him really well. But it's yeah. like, okay. No, I was gonna say. I'd... Uh, go, no, no, go ahead, finish. I, I would just love to see him just... I know you've been with Bellator forever, man. But I would love to see you, like I said, if, if you're going to stay in Bellator, fight some of these rising guys, or just... I just want to see him shake his career up, just move somewhere else. And I don't even know where. To be honest, I don't care where. It doesn't even necessarily have to be the UFC. If you want to go to one... At this point, I might even take PFL. Like, <laughs> hey, yeah, go, go win a million dollars. Take that. Take, like Nate. Like what? Nate and Schultz come to freaking is about to win a million dollars again. Right. <laughs> like, go just go somewhere else, man. I just want to see him fight a new crop of guys because at this point, he's been at lightweight so long in Bellator. It's like he's he's ran through. He's fought everybody that there is to fight, and he's probably beat all of them, minus the Pitbull fight. Like, there are a bunch of Russian dudes who are on the regional scene who I'd like to see them fight, but why would they leave ACA or um, M1 or whatever when they can just, like, stay in their home country and make a bunch of money? All right. So, yeah, I don't know. He's he's in a a weird position. Well, from a fan perspective. Like, for him, I'm sure it's great. Yeah. He's in that, like, Terrence Crawford stage where, like, there's nobody who his promotion can get him to fight that um that would be interesting, but like he still makes a bunch of money just showing up and knocking dudes out. Yeah, I mean if they keep uh lining them up, keep knocking them down, I guess. But uh, nah, Chandler still looks great, man. He Chandler going Chandler, um, but got the uh. TKO or KO gave a uh, poor poor city the blues with that right hand and followed up even though he was already dead. But uh, not props to Sydney though for for taking that fight at, at such late notice. Yeah. Um, moving on to another body that was caught. Uh, I'll let you kick this one off. Uh, Michael Venom Page versus uh, Shinzo Anzai. Gross. Uh, Michael Venom Page uh, stopped Shinzo Anzai on a backstepping right hand, if I remember correctly. Uh, Anzai, former UFC fighter, um, wrestler, small compared to MVP, uh, just struggled completely to close range to get in on those takedowns. And even when he did get in, he just ended up getting punished. Like, there was a sequence where he had, like, a, a single leg attempt, and he had it up in the air, and MVP just started jumping and kneeing him in the face with his other leg. So, it was that type of fight. Um, yeah, and that was just... Lark, this car, why didn't they fight? Yeah, I... <laughs> Listen, man... <laughs> There's a lot of times I look at MVP's opponents. I'm like, why did this happen? When he could have fought. Yeah, that's. I guess they supposed to I... fight somebody else, right? Or was Anzai always his original planned nah, opponent? I, I want to say it was all. 
Or this was something like Derek Anderson like a month ago. But they, that changed. It, uh, that was Bellator of London. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. And it's like no disrespect to Anzai, but I just keep saying this about MVP. Like, he's kind of past that point of fighting the lower tier, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, you're coming off of, even though it's a loss, like, he fought like the champ. Or the, the gentleman who would go on to become the champ. But we all knew, like, we all know if you know, if you're in the know, you know how good Douglas Lima is. So, like, you can't go from Douglas Lima to, you know. That, that guy he fought. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, you can't, you should be fighting the Larkins, the uh, the Amasovs. At this point, I might even take Eric Silva, man. Like, <laughs> if he's still around somewhere. Um, I mean, it would be his second best win. Yeah. So, give me the daily rematch, but, what, it, yeah. Yeah, I'll even, yeah, I'll take that. I'll, I'll take the daily rematch, or, because he, he, he hasn't fought Coach Coffee yet, either. That hasn't, uh, somebody. <laughs> it's just, it's, and it's not like Bellator doesn't have a few welterweights that he can, uh, shoot, I would love to see him and uh, Melinda. Oh, no, did he fight Melinda already? I think they were supposed to fight and didn't end up happening. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, he fought, he fought Ricky Rainey. That wasn't Melinda. Um, but, yeah, just... And, I mean, to MVP's credit, I mean, obviously, it's an MVP, MVP, MVP fight. Like, he looked great. Timing was really good. Counters were on point. Um, he landed, like, five or six flying knees in the course of one fight. Which was kind of wild. Like, once he really got his time and distance down, like, he was super pinpoint with pretty much everything he was doing. And, like, the one time Anzai got, like, a hold of his leg, he wasn't really able to do anything with it. Um, and at that point, it just became an MVP fight. Like, he just sniped him, and you just, you knew at some point, like, all right, Anzai is tough because he was eating a lot of hard shots like i said he do they like five flying knees and was still out there trying to make something happen so really you know really gutsy performance from Anza, i guess for what it's worth but it's like at this point in mvp's career it's like i don't we don't need to see these fights anymore like we're past this stage we've been past this stage man like um and i i guess i only gave it a pass because they're kind of doing the whole rising crossover thing. So I'm guessing maybe they didn't want him to fight a Bellator guy. Like they, they you know, they wanted to make it like a, a Bellator versus rising thing. So that's the only thing that kind of made me like, all right, I'll, I'll back off of this matchup. But the next fight when they're, you know, it's just a regular Bellator card. It's not a crossover promotion event, you know, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I, I need to see him fighting a daily, a Amosov, a Lark. Like, the Larkin fight, I feel like that's the fight to make at this point. Right. That's the fight to make. Um, so, yeah. I, yeah. Great finish. As, as always, like, MVP fight is a great finish, but... I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> like we talked about, this card had a lot of flash not a lot of 
substance. It felt like a... To me, this card felt like a, a showcase for, like, the fans. Yeah. It, it was like... These might not be the best fights, quote-unquote. Even though, like, the... I, I didn't mind all of the, the matchups. Um, like, some of the matchups I enjoyed. Like, I like the Yamiuchi Crookshank matchup. Uh, the Watanabe fight, which we'll get to. I, like, most of these matchups I was just okay with. But at the same time, it almost felt like this card was like... We just want to put on a show for the fans. Like, when you guys come to this arena, you're going to see... You're going to get your flash and your dazzle. Like, we, we just want you guys to come here and kind of have a good time. These might not be the best fights ever but you're gonna have a good time watching them and in that from that perspective that did deliver like these fights were aesthetically if you take away rankings and like the big story picture if you just take the fights kind of just for what they were they were fun fights which on that end they delivered so but at the same time you know go go fight Lorenz Vargas <laughs> stop <laughs> that <laughs> go I'm I'm waiting for that next Bellator fight announcement. You better be fighting Larkin or Amasov or one of these guys, man. Stop playing. Or even even if it's Melinda, if that's Melinda's like first uh, return fight to Bellator, don't you fight some? You know, don't do this again. Don't don't do this again. But on the flash and razzle dazzle scale, I guess he delivered. So it is what it is. So he got the finish over Shinzo Anzai via uh, right-hand KO in round two. Uh, moving on, I'll let you talk about this one, man. Lorenz Larkin uh, doing doing his uh, due diligence <laughs> against Kita Nakamura. Uh, um, uh, yeah, Lorenz Larkin showed out. Looked good, looked sharp. Um, There's a really nice jab. Really great uh, variety of kicks we're accustomed to seeing from him. Um, probably uh, like a really even keel fight. Like no, there was no like ramp up. Um, like took a wide decision too. I think he had two thirty twenty sixes because of what he did to Keda in that last round, where he just was like hammering on him with the right hand. Hmm. Like once he once he really got going, he was yeah he looked really sharp. Um, is all around really solid performance. Like I, I don't really have a ton to say other than like, Kitaro, um, dangerous in spots. If you can get him, like, <clears throat> if you can get, if you can get like a hold of you, get you down the ground. He's really dangerous, but like on the feet, he's been crafty on the feet, but he's not what I'd call like good. Like he, he doesn't have like a. He does not have a consistent way to win on the feet, like Larkin does. Um, you know, Larkin, as a result, just kind of um, dance on at, at range with him. And it was a really good win for Larkin, who looked good, and I hope he gets the Lima rematch next. Deserves it. Yeah, man, Larkin looked sharp, man. He he looked uh, he looked really good out there. That uh, <laughs> that that last round, I feel like the first two rounds, like good like technical like really fast right hand good uh teep kicks leg kicks that third round just got really violent like <laughs> like really quick i thought it was going to be over when uh he started landing those elbows those elbows were were really nasty and he was like 
catching Nakamura on like the perfect point, like side of the head. And he was like really like aiming for his spots. He wasn't like going wild with the elbows. I thought it was gonna be over at the end. It, it got really violent in that last round. Um, but nah, man, this this is the kind of performance you really want to see from Larkin. Like, dude is still a legit like top fifteen, top ten welterweight. Like, I always remind like every time he fights, he this left the UFC. Jorge Masvidal. Right, <laughs> like he has wins over Masvidal. He has wins over Pons. Um, but he left the UFC on like a two. Two fight, three fight, one streak. I think he, he he won he won four of his last five in the UFC. His only loss was that uh to uh, uh the Russian guy. I think he's Russian. Yeah. Um, um. God, I know his name too. Tumanov. Tumanov. There we go. Yeah. Outside of the Tumanov, he beat Magny, Masvidal, Ponzinibbio, and John Howard. And that was pretty much the start of his welterweight run because he started at that middleweight where he was definitely undersized. But, yeah, when he came down to welterweight, like... That's a dude I'd like to see Bellator try to grab. Why has Tumanov been? He's been in ACA. He's their, uh, he's their welterweight champ. Did he just leave the UFC? Oh, he they, lost to... They got cut because he lost to Leon Edwards and Gunnar Nelson back-to-back. Ah, okay. Not that those are two losses they'd really be ashamed of. I think that was just like they were cutting a lot of people at the time. But yeah, that's a dude I'd like to see them try to you know bring over. Let me uh, see if they're. I mean, he's been out here winning. But yeah, like point being, Larkin has some really good wins on his record, and uh, shout out to the Fight Geek on Twitter. Uh, we had had a little little like quick back and forth about this like <laughs> going back and looking at Larkin's record that that uh that Masvidal win looks really good yeah it looks really good <laughs> that's I know it's a split decision but still that's that that win looks really good on his record now considering how things panned out and I just I always look back like man I really can't believe the UFC like kind of just let this guy walk um because he is still a legit like top 10 welterweight in the world um, but nah, man, great, great performance from Lorenz Larkin, man. He looked really, really good out there. Um, so like I said, I, I hope he wouldn't mind the, the Lima rematch, or if not the Lima rematch, give me that MVP fight. Let's, let's, let's get some fireworks going. Um, but shout out to Lorenz Larkin, man. Amazing performance. Got the three-round, uh, unanimous decision win over Nakamura. Uh, moving down, uh, had... Uh, do, do, do women's was flyweight. Uh, Kana Watanabe versus uh, Laura. Is it Yoan? Yoan? I don't know if it's, it's Yoan or Yoan. Um, I think it's Joanna. Oh, all right, completely wrong. Because <laughs> um, be uh, yeah, because like you pronounce the J, right? I think so. I'm not sure, but I'll say about that fight. Uh, um. I felt like Laura shot herself in the foot a little bit. Like, you know, if you train with the Pitbull Brothers, you can throw hands. I feel like that's like a prerequisite. Like, <laughs> if you're going to train with the Pitbull Brothers, you're, you're throwing hands. And you could clearly see on the feet that, like, while Laura isn't, like, I guess, like, the most technically sound, 
she's still pretty decent and powerful on the feet. And you could see, like, Watanabe defensively what isn't, like, the sharp. Like, you can just kind of look at her and tell, like, stand-up isn't her, like, her thing. Like, she's decent at it, but it's not, like, her... It's not the bread and butter. Because um, I felt like Laura landed some, some, some pretty good shots early. And it was, like, the more the fight kept going to the ground... I was like, at some point, I feel like Laura's going to get caught with something. And so that's kind of what what happened. Albeit, Laura initiated some of those uh, ground exchanges. Because I want to say in the second, she got Watanabe down. Didn't do much of anything. I thought the ref was going to stand them up. Because there was a long stretch where she was literally just sitting there. Like, like Watanabe had her back against the cage and nothing was happening. Um... But, you know, whatever. It is what it is. But I, I still enjoyed this fight. That first round was really fun. They had a lot of good back and forth um, exchanges. And I love judo throws for some reason. They just look cool. <laughs> so Watanabe was, was trying to get the judo throws off. I think the one of the first ones she landed, she ended up getting... She still ended up on the bottom. But um, eventually in that third round, she got her throw, got Lara to the ground, Um Ended up, I think, taking Laura's back. And it wasn't even that her ground and pound was, like, super damaging. It's just that Laura was in kind of a, a really bad spot where she just kind of couldn't defend herself. Yo, when she got going with the ground and pound, she did not stop. It was, like, machine gun proficiency. Yeah. And, like, she couldn't move. <laughs> she was just kind of stuck there. It's like, she just, she had to eat it. And can't keep eating those. Um... Yeah, um, this is kind of what's a nightmare. Like her career has been, um, her her record isn't as uh as good as it looks. I guess being judicious about it, um, lots of just debuting one and zero, zero and one fighters on it. Um, she does have Shizuka Sugi. Uh, what's it? Was it Shizuka? Yeah, Shizuka Sugiyama, but like. Sugiyama's like 44 years old and or well she's 32 but like she's been fighting forever is my point and that fight got stopped a little early if you ask me um but so like this was like the first time she fought someone with experience who was like game and willing to take it to her which I think is good for her development um yeah no it was fine performance um I'm curious because th- this that spot was definitely supposed to be Beck Rawlings. Um, Joan, uh, Joan's spot. Um, but, you know, she ended up knee barring Rawlings back in October for uh, spoiling Rawlings' uh, debut. So I'm kind of curious if uh, Watsonabe is like in the Bellator 125 title discussion. Like, I mean, she probably. I guess wouldn't be too far behind because outside of uh ah uh, what was that she fought on the last card she fought on the card Juana Vasquez yeah Vasquez like, Vasquez yeah outside of Vasquez like at this point I don't see why not just, <laughs> just throw her in there and just see I mean and if if nothing else that fight would be interesting because you have a judoka against a grappler see how that pans out I guess style wise um I ain't mad at it. If they decide to to go that route, um, 
No, nah, huh, really not much more else to say. Just solid performance from from Watanabe. Stays undefeated. She's now uh nine and no. Uh no. Like I said, stand up needs a little need needs some work. Uh but keep the keep the judo throws coming, man. Keep tossing people on their head. It's fun. It's fun to watch. Yeah. Uh oh man, this last fight. <laughs> Which Technically, the first fight on the card, but the last fight we'll discuss uh, rounding that rounded out the main card. Uh, Gordy Yamauchi versus Darren Crookshank. Um, boy Yamauchi, man, he's he's fun to watch. Uh, like grappling and like submission wise. <laughs> For one, uh, John McCarthy on commentary. He's a uh, he's interesting sometimes to say the least. Because uh, there was there was a point. I mean, obviously, style-wise in the fight, you kind of know Crookshank, flashy on the feet, but you know if you get Crookshank down, it's kind of been like his Achilles heel, pretty much like his entire MMA career. Rear naked chokes for some reason, especially. Um, so there's a point in the first round where Dan Crookshank goes for a spinning like back elbow, and Yamauchi ends up getting under him and taking his back. And it was at that moment that I knew, like, the fight was over. Yeah. But John McCarthy's like, well, that was a beautiful uh, spinning back elbow attempt. I was like, I don't know about that, bro. I think he just kind of sealed his feet. <laughs> for a dude whose whole, like, for a dude whose whole career has been, like, following fights in the cage, he does a terrible job of actually following fights. Like, on commentary. Like, he is bad. Ah, oh, we didn't even mention the the MVP Anderson Silva. Yeah. Oh man, forgot about that. Yeah, that was. What was the quote? Uh, MVP. He, he fought so... better competition than Anderson Silva to this point in his career, which is like, <laughs> Anderson Silva's like, hold up, Anderson Silva had fought like, um, what's his name? Mock Sakurai, who was like one of the pound for pound best fighters in the world at the time, and beat him. So like, I had no freaking clue what the hell Ricardi was saying. Like, he had fought Yoshinokami, Jorge Rivera, freaking Lee Murray and Jeremy Horn were way better than anybody. Anybody. <laughs> except, except for Douglas Lima and Paul Daly. But Carlos Newton, like, you can't say that with, like, a straight face. <laughs> like, that is just, like, I know some things are subjective, but, bro, that is, like, that is factually just wrong. Like, that felt like, oh, we're really just trying to hype MVP up. Because, like, yeah, at this point in their careers, they came up very similar. And, like, no, they really didn't. <laughs> Like by the time Anderson Silva was MVP's age, he was already UFC middleweight champion, <laughs> and he wasn't fighting the uh, the uh, Anzai's of the world. Mm. Yeah, that was uh, yikes, 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 yikes. That completely threw off my whole. Uh, oh yeah, what was the point I was making? Uh, Yam- yeah, Yamiuchi. <laughs> that completely threw me off. Um, that sequence where he got Crookshank's back and pushed his foot off the cage to get Crookshank down, I was like, oh, that was that was beautiful to watch. 
I felt bad for Crookshank, man. Not only did he get put to sleep from the rear naked choke, like, when he woke up, he looked like he just saw, like, a ghost. Like, did you see, like, his reaction when he woke back up? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he looked like, um... He looked like somebody had woken him from, like, a deep sleep, and he yeah. was like, scared. Like, he looked like he was afraid for his life. Like, he did, like, the little kid, like, his hands were, like, not flailing, but, like, he was trying to, like, protect himself from something. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, that doesn't look fun. And that, 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 um, submission further solidifies, uh, my point in the discussion I've had with people that I believe if I was a fighter, I would much rather get knocked out than submitted. At least with the knockout, you hit my chin and I just go out and I'll wake up when I wake up. Eh, I've been choked out conscious before. It's not that bad. Oh, Feels no, like a nap. No, no I don't want to take a nap. <laughs> well, I guess a knockout is just a nap too. I don't know. This, I feel like the submission is just... For one, I have to feel the process of you choking me out. But that's really uncomfortable. And then I have to go to sleep. It's like, I feel like with a knockout, it's like, all right, I get hit on the chin, but I'm probably out. At, like, I'm not, I'll feel it when I wake up, but I feel like the submission is it's more like grueling somehow. Like, I got to feel my lights go out, and then I got to wake back up. And then, I don't know, it just, it looks bad to me. It, it looks, it looks bad. I don't know. All right, so this is the part where we just scream at Bellator slash Ryzen slash zone slash Fight TV for not being able to give us the rest of the card. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, go to YouTube. I'm one of my rear naked children. That, that was the right. card. Well, that, that was the main card. And then we had uh, some post limbs. Or, well, uh, well, if you're in Japan, you had the post limbs. Um, and, like, there were some solid, you know, matchups or, or fighters on here, man. Like, had Jared Brooks. Connor Asakura was on there. John Tuck. Uh, probably missing somebody. But... There was some fun. You, uh, what Yachi Yusuke Yachi was on. Where, where's he at? Hey, he was hey, on here. Soccer kicked the shit out of somebody. Yes, and we we missed that. We missed that because apparently there was some contractual something stupid. <laughs> so basically, this card was put on uh, the, the the this card for Bellator was you know put on in the states by um, uh, Bellator Viacom. And the zone, right? They're the broadcasters. The fight, the rising portion of the card, I guess, technically falls underneath the fight TV purview. So, instead of them being able to work out a deal where, like, they could live broadcast, one party could live broadcast both sides of the card. Fight. I'm not. I'm, I'm not privy to the details or I'm not even 100% sure what happened but I think what ended up happening is they couldn't work it out and they just decided not to air this portion of the card and use it as post limbs to make sure that people stuck around uh, for the entirety of the Bellator card that's my thought process my thought process is trash <laughs> Super trash. Couldn't even find these like online afterwards. 
No, because nobody yeah. filled them. Nobody. None of them were. Yeah. So I guess shout out to everybody in the crowd. Y'all saw it. You know, send your world star footage this way. Uh, someone did send. Uh, someone did post some highlights because they filmed the uh, the screen live at the event that was doing uh, that was showing the highlights. Like there is footage of it, but there's no. No, like, yeah. Yeah, there's no, like, actual, like, broadcast footage of it. It's just, like, footage. Like, I had to see a picture of the soccer kick and not, like, the actual. <laughs> oh, you didn't see it? No. You, you got it? Someone, someone, yeah, someone sent it to um, Grabaka Hitman uh, on Twitter. Just, uh, tag, tag me on that post. I was talking uh, I only saw a picture of it. Um, shout out to soccer kicks. But, yeah. So we can't do a prelim spotlight. Well, I'm a, I'm gonna give the prelim spot spotlight to Yusuke Yachi because he soccer kicked uh, somebody and that's kind of fire. <laughs> so my prelim spotlight is gonna go to Yusuke Yachi even though I didn't see it, but uh, I guess a soccer kick, you know, what's, what's not to love. Um, apparently people were booing Jared Brooks. No, what 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 Jared Brooks do? <laughs> I know. No I don't think people like him. It's understandable. Uh, it, yeah, it is what it is. Um, hold on. Do I even have the results of the prelims? I might at least read them just because. I got them oh, right yeah, here. You, you, can, uh, you can roll those off. All right. So we got Yusuke uh, Yusuke Yachi who defeated Hiroto Use uh Uesako, soccer kick Kana Asakura. Um, to, uh, defeated Jane, uh, Jamie, I guess, Henshaw by Kimura in the third round. Jared Brooks took a unanimous, a unanimous decision over Harao Ochi. Um, I am mispronouncing the crap out of all these names, so, you know, don't, I, I know, don't, don't bother me about it, people. Uh, Makoto Takahashi takes a unanimous, unanimous decision over, uh, Yusako Nakamura. Ai Shimizu took a decision over Andy Nguyen. Uh, John Tuck uh, took a decision over Ruichiro uh, Sumimura, uh, defeated him by KO. Uh, Shoma Shibisai took a decision. Uh, oh, this is the one. Uh, the heavyweight fight where um, a, Shema, a Shematov brother lost, which is sad. The the big bricked up uh, Russian dudes. Uh, be like this. Yeah. Uh, Shoma yeah, heavyweight. Shoma Shibisai, uh, submits, uh, Shematov via Achilles Lock. And I don't have the result for Ren Hiramoto, the kickboxing match, uh, in the fight against Sakahiro Ishida, so, that looks. Well. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Yes, uh, first round knockout win for, uh, Hiramoto. All right. All right. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Everything. Boom. That was it, people. Everything from Bellator, oh, Japan. Let me, uh, let me peep this soccer kick real quick. Ah, oh, come on. My my phone's trash. Oh, there we go. Sorry, guys. I'm, I'm going to watch this in real time. I need... His face is Jesus Christ. What happened to him before the soccer right. kick? Hey, it was the oh, my God. Oh, my <laughs> 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 
I don't know what happened to him before this soccer. He looked like he had to be getting pummeled this fight. His face is a mess. But he ate a 1-2 into a soccer kick. <laughs> he caught a 1-2 and got dropped and caught a soccer kick for his trouble. That is, uh, that is savagery. That is, Jesus Christ. Who was that? Who he beat? You're off for his name. It don't matter. It is. It, it. <laughs> Pray for that man. Jesus Christ. Yeah, guys, if you're on Twitter, uh, if you can find that clip, or just follow me on Twitter at Serial Sensei, I'll retweet this because. E. <laughs> a 1 2 into a soccer kick. That's, uh, that's how that went. Yikes. But, yeah, that was it, man. That was all the fights. Good night, people. Uh, but yeah, that was, uh, that was Bellator 237, um, you know, cool card, like I said, it, it was a really, I feel like this was just like a, a, a showcase card for the fans, man, like this was a card to just watch and not really, it, if that's the case, it probably should have been on at 10 o'clock and ended at 1, because I fell asleep watching it, yeah, well, that's, yeah, you know how that goes, <laughs> But, you know, it was a cool it was a cool card, man. Like I, I just feel like this is a card just kinda of for the fans. Like if you just you wanted to watch a card, not really have to think too hard in terms of like big pictures. You just wanted to come just watch some fights and just like have a have a good time. You got what you wanted, man. Like if you if you're, you know, Fedor lover, you got Fedor getting his win, albeit it was against Whatever, right? He got his win. Michael Chandler still out here doing doing Michael Chandler stuff. MVP adding just more to the highlight reel. Lorenz Larkin looked amazing. Um, you know, Watanabe got the W. The Yamauchi submission was yikes. <laughs> like it was it was a it was an entertaining card. And at at the end of the day, I guess it's, you know it's what we come here for. At at the bare minimum, you at least just want to be entertained, and we were entertained. So. I was Bellator 237, and then also the uh, uh, Tank Davis and Gamboa fight. So, you know, go check it out if you if if you missed it. Like, the Bellator card won't take you much long at all to rewatch. There was a lot of finishes. Um, and the fights that even went to decision were still pretty fun. So, it was it was a solid weekend uh, of fights. So, go back and uh, watch whatever you missed. Solid weekend. A cool, well, I ain't going to say calm way to end 2020. We're not completely done yet. Uh, which will lead me into uh, the upcoming fights and things going on. Uh, mainly on the schedule, I'll give PFL a shout out before I end up looking over them by accident. Uh, PFL, man, December 31st, all the uh, tournament finals. We'll have Kayla Harrison versus LaRicha Pacheco, Ray Cooper III versus David Machaud, Ali Asiev versus Jared Rochelt. Natan Schultz versus Loik Radzibov. Probably said that wrong. Uh, Lance Palmer versus Alex Gilpin. Uh, Emiliano Sordi versus Jordan Johnson. And Brendan Lugney versus David Alex Duarte. Shout out to Brendan. Uh, not, that's not a tournament final, but he's just on the card. Uh, but shout out to him uh, over in PFL. So that'll be going on on the 31st. And the big card, man. Rising 20, also on the 31st, 
going into uh, New Year's. Great card, man. Ayaka Amasaki versus Sohi Ham. Johnny Case versus Tofik Musaya. Patricky Pitbull versus Luis Gustavo. Yuki Motoya versus... Uh, his name isn't Patchy, is it? Why do they call him Patchy Mix on Tapology? Patty they Mix? They have him listed as Patchy. <laughs> P-A-T-C-H-Y. <laughs> that man's name is not Patchy Mix. Maybe a... Yes, Man, a nigga, I don't know. The, the guy who takes people's backs, you know, if you know, you know. Uh, but going going down the card, uh, Makuru Asakura versus John Teixeira, Lindsey Van Zandt rematch in Arena, uh, Kubota Vitali Shemala versus Simon Biong, Jake Hyun versus Satoshi Ishii, uh, Jerry Prozaska versus CB Dalloway, Kai Asakura versus Manel Cape. Uh, Tenshin Asakawa versus Rui Ibata. I won't keep going. Uh, Miyu Yamamoto versus Suwon Bunson. Uh, Taiga Kawabe versus Taiju Shira. Listen, man, card is fire. That's 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 the 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 uh, the moral of the story. Um, you can purchase this on what Fight TV, right? Yeah, purchase on yep. twenty bucks. 20 bucks. I'm actually gonna probably do that right after we get done recording, so I can uh, just uh, have this ready because I definitely want to make sure I catch this. Even though if I can't, I won't be able to watch it like in real time. But uh, yes, yeah, Sam, I have to yeah. work on yeah. Tuesday. <laughs> You're same, but uh, no, I'm definitely gonna purchase this. Um, for twenty bucks, man, this is worth it. If you're out here spending, if you're gonna spend sixty dollars on that McGregor pay per view. <laughs> You better spend twenty on this rising card, cause this is definitely worth it, man. There are a lot of good fights on this card. It's gonna be a great way to end the year and bring in the new year. Um, I'm really, really looking forward to this card. So that's coming up. And also, just to reiterate, man. Uh, so next week you guys will get two episodes. Um, as I mentioned, we'll probably cover we'll cover Rising Twenty and PFL. That'll be one episode, and then our second episode. Uh, which will be our three-year anniversary episode, which we will be recording on January the 5th. Probably, probably guys will probably hear that on the 6th. Um, is our pound-for-pound pound top 10 fighters list. Top 10 fighters on the planet. Not just MMA, not just kickboxing, not just boxing. We're throwing everybody all in one, you know, all in one pool, and we're picking who we think are the top 10 fighters in the planet, regardless of combat sport, that is going to be our three-year anniversary episode. So definitely, definitely, definitely be sure to tune in for that. Um, I still have to finalize my list. Been a lot of work, <laughs> been doing a lot of watching a lot of highlights and fights and trying to figure out who's going to make it, who's going to move up a spot, who's going to move down a spot. But uh, that's going to be an awesome episode, man. Really, really looking forward to doing that. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much what we got. Uh, upcoming going into uh 2020 um i guess that's uh about it uh antaku you got anything for uh any closing thoughts before we get out of here um no none of them are positive so uh, uh, uh shots to uh, brett stevens fucking lunatic you know, if you don't know who he is then you don't need to know who he is but shots at him. Um, that's basically it. You got, you got any shots, uh, Sensei? You got any? 
don't have any shots. Uh, no, I want to end the the new year because the next time you guys hear us, it'll be 2020. Um, closing thoughts. Closing thoughts. Oh, you know, for anybody who's a college football fan, um, I finally started paying attention. Bowl games, bowl season, exciting time for for college football. Um, national championship match is set. We'll have a uh, sunshine. <laughs> Clemson man versus um, LSU. Get to have uh, Trevor Lawrence versus Joe Burrow. I think it's going to be a really exciting match. Um, I'm looking forward to it. So if you're a college football fan, got that to look forward to. Um, and, you know, just end of 2020, man. I'll, I'll encourage you guys. Um, and I need to do the same. <coughs> excuse me. Habit I've been getting into lately more of. Um. You know, trying to make like vision boards and like actually like physically writing goals down. I got got a little little book and I, I try to write my a little short term and long term goals down. So I, I would encourage you guys to do the same. You know, coming up on 2020, you know, a lot of us tend to get reflective at the end of the year, trying to figure out how to end this year and how to bring in next year and when you what what you want to accomplish in 2020. So I will encourage you guys to uh, get get yourself a little uh you know little notebook, little journal. Or even if it's just a little sticky note. Um, but physically write it down. Don't don't type it up. Don't put it on a, an app on your, your phone or your laptop. Like physically get yourself a piece of paper and write your goals down for 2020. You'd be surprised that kind of how much like physically writing something down will like motivate you to kind of do it. Because you just kind of physically, you always remember like I actually wrote that. I, I kind of have to do it. But, but, That's a good advice. So 2020, man, get yourself a... Uh, a nice little uh, vision board. Write write that down and uh, bring in your 2020 the right way. So that that's my closing thought. I'll, I'll encourage you guys to do that. Um, but other than that, man, I guess this is uh, our last episode of, of 2020. So next time we see you guys, it'll be the new year, but you know, we'll still be back talking about fights and people getting punched and kicked in the face and all, all those shenanigans. So thank you guys for... Uh, hanging with us all this time next time you guys are here so it'll be a three-year anniversary so that'll be great man so you know we won't be gone we'll bring in 2020 with you still still talking about the same old same old because people are always getting beat up so you, you know how it goes but <laughs> but uh you know pretty much it for the day so as always man give us a listen soundcloud youtube spotify google play uh, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever you want to call it. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. Hit us up on social media at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook as well as the Instagram page. Uh, follow me on Twitter and Twitch at Serial Sensei. Be sure to follow uh, AntiCool on Twitter at GC Zeus. And that is it, man. So as always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it, and until next time, we will see you guys in 2020.